Hey everyone, it's Pastor Jacob. Hope this message gives you encouragement, perspective, and revelation from God to give to others. Also, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram page, Fusion Student Media, and also follow me on Instagram, at Jacob underscore Malasa underscore. We hope you enjoy the message. As you can tell from the title of this sermon, it's called For Everyone. And I know a lot of you 412ers are already moving in, uh, eighth graders, y'all are going to be the ones coming into Fusion from now on, and and... This message is going to encourage you to make that next step of staying here in Fusion because transition is difficult. We can all say that, like, example, when you go from junior high to high school, it's just that weird transition of maybe your friends aren't coming with you. Maybe you're going by yourself in it. Like, when I moved from, when I first came to Family Life, I was in 412 for, like, a year. And then I moved from there to uh, Fusion. And... I had friends come with me, so I was perfectly fine. I was Gucci. I was just going to go from there to there, perfectly fine. But some of my friends that stayed back, um, actually, no, the friends that I had coming in that I wasn't really friends with, but I called them friends, they had friends that stayed back, and they had a hard time uh, being up there because they didn't know anyone or they didn't feel like they knew anybody. And so some of us like especially you eighth graders, this message is for you. It's for, this message is for everybody, actually, you know, for everyone. But for the eighth graders that are moving up here, this message is for you. And so I want to give you a couple of things that helps you understand what this fusion ministry means. Because this is a place where you can be yourself. This is not a place that you can show off a different facade and then it just be fine and you just be something that you're not. This is something where you can be yourself. This is where you can be who God's created you to be. Not this thing that you might show at school or maybe at home, but this is something you can bring all together for yourself. You can show yourself here because you are welcome. I'm that type of person because I'm going to tell you this right now. I have been where you were at. I was there feeling like no one really heard me. There were times that I would try to speak on things and no one would listen. I get that. That's a big deal that we have is we don't want to listen to others. So it feels like you're trapped. feels like you can't say anything to anything. And so this message, I really hope, encourages you that you can be here and feel at home. So the few things, I'm going to give four little things. won't be too long. It'll be a little short. So the first thing I want to talk about is the church is for everyone. What that means is, is that this place is not just for a specific group of people. This is a place where everyone can come in. Rich, poor, uh, any type of thing that you can think of that seems opposite to one another, you're welcomed here. That's what the church is for. And we need to stop trying to feel like, oh, nobody cares. Oh, I feel like I'm, I don't belong. You do. You just have to see it in that way. And sometimes you can feel like you're not belonging, but you do. You do belong here. And I want to encourage you with that, that even though some people reject you, some people will accept you. And we got to remember that as, as young believers, that sometimes there are people that aren't going to like you. That sometimes there's going to be certain people that won't understand you. But the purpose is, is that you are understood by God and you are understood by him because he has created you. And so the church, the church is for everyone. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47 says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. So I'm going to take you through a little Bible history. 
So what that means as an apostle, an apostle was someone that was kind of in the middle. You know, you had your disciples, apostles, and you had rabbis. So like example, Jesus was a rabbi, and then he had his 12 disciples. But for an apostle, the apostle was in the middle. So they had the a close to somewhat authority like a rabbi, but they were still teachable like a disciple. And they were considered high and mighty, and they didn't really understand the certain people. But with in Acts, with Peter and all of his other friends from the disciples, when they would preach the gospel, they didn't just preach it to one particular group. They preached it to everybody. And you wouldn't expect the apostles to preach to the people that felt left out. That wasn't, that wasn't normal. They would always preach to someone that was able to receive, but there are some certain people that wouldn't receive it, but they would still do it. Why? Because it's for everyone. It's not just for someone that gets it right. It's not just for someone that, that, that thinks they're doing it the right way. This is also for the people that know they're not doing it the right way, people that are flawed. Some of us ha- have dysfunction where God can use us in that. So don't feel like you're left out just because you feel like you're flawed. And God can use you in any way possible. Verse 44, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That's what the church looks like. That's what the church is. It, just, it wasn't just for certain people. It was for everyone. Anyone who came in, like I said, rich or poor, black or white, didn't matter. It was anyone in any situation, no matter where they came from, no matter what, what they spoke, no matter how they looked, anyone could receive the gospel. The church is for everyone. So to all the eighth graders, if you feel like you don't belong, this is for you. This Fusion Student Ministry is for you. This is for you to have a belonging here. This is not a place to feel like you're left out. That's not what I want for you as your youth pastor. I want you to feel at home. And that's the goal. I'm going to give another example. Mark 2, 15 through 17. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. I tried to put this in like a, re- a relevant type of thing. Basically, Jesus had had dinner with drug dealers. He had um, he had dinner with people that had certain addictions, certain problems. That's who he had it with. He had it with sinners. And that's the beauty of who Jesus was, was that he wasn't just to a certain people group. He was with everyone. He had lunch with anybody. Because the goal of the gospel, of the church in general, is to not... Do it for just someone that gets it right. We got to do this for people that get it wrong. Cause some of, all of us make mistakes. I can, each of my fusion leaders can tell you we, we've made mistakes, but that doesn't stop us from pursuing God's righteousness. And that's the thing with, with you guys. You guys might feel, um, neglected or you feel like you can't get it right, but God doesn't care about that. God ate with people that were looked over. God had dinner with people that were pushed to the side. God ate with people that were picked last in line. That's who Jesus ate with. He didn't eat with the people that were first in front, the goody goodies of, of, of the, of the thing of wherever they were at. He ate with the people that felt like they didn't belong. 
And that's what Jesus was. And then, obviously, you had the religious people come in, pretty much. Verse 16, when the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, he asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Verse 17, on hearing this, you know, Jesus was hearing about it. He's about to give them the smoke. He says, it is not healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And that's where we miss it. We feel like we have to be up and at it, good to go, good and ready to meet with God. And that is not true. That is not true. We all struggle with something. We all have a certain thing that separates us. But guess what? God still wants to eat with you. God still wants to sit at your table and eat with you. And that's why he called out the disciples, because some of us do the same thing. We call out people that aren't like us. They don't think like us. They don't act like us. They don't talk like us. We have those type of people that judge others in that certain way. And what I want to tell you is, is that God is willing to defend you even when other people are judging, even when other people are looking at you the wrong way. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 25, talks another thing about the church. Verse 25 says, not giving up meeting together. He's saying, don't give up on meeting together at a church, at a gathering, as some people are in the habit of doing. And I realize this. Most of the people that are trying not to come to church anymore as an excuse because of the virus or whatever are the same people that call themselves over-spiritual or they call them the spiritual person. And so you have to understand Certain things like that, you have to be careful with. Don't give up coming. Don't give up coming to Fusion. It might be awkward the first time. I know a lot of you 412ers were like right by the ping pong table. I was like, bro, y'all can come. I should have said y'all can come play pool, but everybody else was playing pool. But what I want to tell you is, is that keep coming to Fusion. Like, don't stop with just this one night. There are other things that we, that we do on Wednesdays. We're doing stuff on Sundays. Like, it's for you. No matter if anyone else thinks you're different, I see you in a way that I saw myself. And so I understand when it feels that way. Verse 25, in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. The second point is, is that the gospel is for everyone. So you probably, most of us, I mean, I don't know how many grew up in church or, you know, you've been in church for a little while. And you've probably heard about the gospel or like had a little bit of thought about the gospel. And then some of us are like, okay, what is the gospel? And so I take it, the way I say it is I take it all the way back to the creation where God created heavens and the earth. And he created a man out of dust and a woman out of the man's rib. And they called them Adam and Eve. You've heard the story. But, but what I want to tell you is, is that when they were given a certain command, you can eat anything from the tree. Any tree in the garden, they were in the Garden of Eden. It was perfect. It was in perfect harmony and everything. He said, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so that's what they didn't do. I'm guessing like maybe for a couple of hours, a couple of days, I don't know how long they waited until the enemy, the devil, came as a serpent and told them and told Eve, do you really think God's trying to keep you from this tree? He's keeping you from this tree because if you eat from the tree, you'll be like him, knowing good and evil. And the enemy deceived her. And she ate the apple. And as that, she made Adam eat the apple. And now they completely disobeyed God and they got separated from Eden. 
They got separated from God in that moment. And so for years, for centuries, they had to have these burnt offerings. They had to have these certain things that they had to do to be forgiven. And it was hard. It was hard. I'm telling you, like for us in our generation, we have it good with God. Because God has given us a way without having to have a burnt offering or some type of way to have forgiveness. But forgiveness is given freely. And that's what the gospel is. But as I continue, they had to have covenants, offerings, all that, all the shebang. And then it came one day when God sent his son. And that's where the popular scripture, John 3.16, comes in. And it's a corny scripture. You've heard it before thousands of times. That's fine. But what I want you to understand is it's deeper than that. Because when you understand it in your own life, as a believer, you get it. And it makes you thankful. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. Not that he just somewhat did or had a kind of a liking for it. He loved it so much that he gave his one and only son. And whoever believes in him, he said whoever. The gospel's for everyone. The gospel is for everybody. Whoever believes in him shall not perish. Shall not. Means never shall not perish, but have eternal life. He offers that. So now you ask yourself, Jacob, how do I, how do I accept that? How do I, how do I do it? How do I get saved? Romans 10, 9 through 10 says this. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But verse 10 says this. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So God's saying this. This is, this is the context of what it's saying. If you declare with your mouth you love God, but not with your heart, you're missing it. You're missing it. What happens is, because is, Jesus said the same thing to the Pharisees. They said, you say you love me, but your heart is far from me. And what he wants to tell you right now is that you have to go deeper than just your words. You have to go deeper with just your words. You don't just mean it with your mouth. You mean it with your heart. And that's when he says, when you believe, you're justified. And it is with your mouth when you profess it. Because it comes from the heart to the mouth. Because if it changes in the heart, it's not just what you say. It's how you act. It's how you act that changes it. It's not just how you say things. Because you can say all the good stuff on Instagram and say like the perfect little scripture tweet or whatever. But at the same time, your heart is not there. Your heart is not there. And so God wants you to understand, hey, mean it with your heart. And take it seriously. Because some of us in here thought we came here just because our parents told us to come here or that we had candy or a giveaway, whatever that looks like. But God, I believe God specifically put each and every one of you in here to hear from him tonight. Hearing this message that it is for everybody. It's not just for Jacob. It's not just for uh, Maddie. It's not just for uh, Matthew, Maria, Dustin. It's not just for the certain groups of people that are known, but some of us that... I, maybe I don't even know your name, but God knows you and God wants to meet with you. But if you don't take it to heart, AKA don't, not taking it seriously, then you fall back. And so profess it with your heart because with your heart comes a change of action. Salvation is not just a thing that is what you experience and say. It's what you do and finish to the day you die. That's what, that's what salvation is. It's not just a one-time thing. It's a continuation to stay in that cycle of being a child of God. Because each and every one of you is a child of God. That's what you are. You were created in the image of God, and that's what you are. 
like there's no beating around the bush. Like I try not to elaborate that because it's literal in itself that you are created in the image of God. But how can you be created in the image of God when you feel like you're in the, in the creation of yourself? Where you've created an image for other people to see when you should be created in the image of who God's created you to be. So I want you to take that into your heart and understand that God has made you in the image and the likeness. John 15, 16. This is another great thing that I, when I read it, I realized how powerful it was. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And that's powerful to know. You didn't come here because you wanted to come here. You came here because God brought you here. And I'm going to tell you why. Because you're like, oh, my parents brought me. Well, God used your parents to bring you here. God brought you here for a specific word that you need to hear. And some of us are a little like dozed off. You know, that game kind of rocked you off the edge. But what I want you to know is, is that God chooses you. That's why you're here. That's why you're in, in church right now. You could have been doing something else. Something else. I don't even know. I don't even, God knows what. But you came to church tonight. And you came to a youth group that wants you to know, the youth pastor wants you to know that you belong and that the gospel is for you. God chose you. God chose you in these moments. God chose you. And he says, so, do, so you, did not, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. So this is where people take it out of, out of place. We think anything we ask God, it'll be given. And what I mean by that is, is that if you have bad intentional fruit, but not good and pure intentional fruit in your life, then it's not going to last. Oh, God, I, I want a Lamborghini. God, make me crank 90s in Fortnite. God, make me do that. Like, God, give me this. God, give me that. I know y'all laughing. See, I got y'all. Fortnite, yeah. I knew that was going to be a good one. But we ask for the wrong things. Because our fruit is not a good intention. So let me give you an example. I pray this all the time. I ask God this all the time. God, make me a better pastor. Make me a better leader to my leaders. Lord, let me be, let me be a father one day. Let me be a great husband with a God-fearing wife. I pray that all the time. Because it's a good intention. It's a good intention to have. But when you have intentions that only satisfy you and don't give it to others, because that's who you are as a believer. It's for everyone. Like I said, everyone. And when you have a bad fruit, it doesn't last. But when you have good, intentional fruit that you put in your heart, it lasts forever. It lasts forever. And so understand that when you bear the fruit, make sure it's good so it can last. Because if it's good, then whatever you ask the Father, it'll be given. See, good intention, something that benefits his kingdom, is a good intention, and he'll do it when you ask him. That's how you have to look at it. Fourth and final thing I want to talk about before I close is serving is for everyone. And this is, this is common. This is like, oh, yeah, anyone can serve. But certain people don't like certain areas of serving because they think it's lower than everything else. And that's the problem we have. I can tell you right now, the media station has just as much of a purpose than the worship team. <laughs> yeah. So the media team has more than just the same Power is the pulpit. They have the same purpose as small groups. It doesn't matter. It's the same purpose. It has the same drive. Romans 12, 6 through 8 says, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. 
If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. And if it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. It's different gifts. Like I said, we all have different types of gifts in serving, but all of it has the same purpose. It's the same grace that God empowers us to do it. Like I said, the same purpose immediate. Because I'm going to be honest, not a lot of people like to do media. Let's be honest here. I would rather, oh, I would rather sing on a stage. Oh, God, Jacob, give me a chance to preach. Oh, let me run a small group. Like, anywhere you serve, there's a purpose. I didn't come here to just preach on a stage. I came to serve each and every one of you. And that's always been my goal, is to serve each and every one of you. And so when I look at it as just preaching from a pulpit, that's not the case. I have to look at it deeper than that. Serving is the root of a good thing. And that's the perspective we get. We think serving is just for some, something for us to get or something that we feel that we're going to be rewarded for. But serving, see, serving, this is how serving looks. I have to do it not for people, but for God. That's the perspective change. I can't do it for others so that I can look a certain way. I got to do it because it's my father's business. It's the father's business. And that's what we have to look at it as. Like it says, if you prophesy, I prophesy with your faith. If it is serving, serve. If you have a desire to serve, but then you're like, oh, but I'm going to wait until like, I kind of want to serve in worship. I'm going to wait a little while. Or this and that. And you try to wait for a serving position. You can serve anywhere. I can serve anywhere. If you want to serve in media, serve in media. If you want to be in a small group and be a a small group leader and do some questions, let me know. If you want to be on the worship team, let Josh or Maria know. If you want to maybe someday preach on the stage, I don't know. I might, I might do that. You never know. I might get a student to preach. Maybe y'all might be good. Maybe you might be bad. I don't know. So what I need you to know is, is that if you are willing to serve, then serve. Don't wait just to, just to see what happens. You can ask. Ask and you shall receive. If you don't ask, then you won't be able to understand. And then you won't get the opportunity because you have ask not. And so understand that you can ask to serve. You can ask to serve. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 13, the last scripture before I close. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So what does that mean? So my hand is different from my foot, but it has the same purpose, just in a different style. So for example, yo, 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 Jacob, give me a handshake. Like, it's a handshake. Like, you can do that. I can't do that with my foot. Look at this. Don't mess my J's up. And that's the purpose. Like, I can't give a high five with my foot, but my feet, I can walk. I can walk back and forth. It's the way it's meant. Now, I'm not going to try and stand on my hands because I can't support my weight. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's the same, it's different structure of muscle compared to the leg, to the hand, to the arm. It's different, but they serve almost in a different purpose, just with a different style. So we can't neglect our serving just because we think, oh, media is a bit lower. Or maybe even, I don't, maybe I might not want to do small groups. Maybe I kind of want to sing on the worship team. All this stuff, we miss that serving is important no matter where it's at. If it's helping me set up downstairs, we'll do. If it's helping me set up here, well, do. It doesn't matter. Wherever it, wherever it happens, God blesses a, a, a servant heart that doesn't matter where you're at. If you serve with a heart unto God, he blesses and favors that. Verse 13, for we are all baptized by one spirit 
so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we are all given one spirit to drink. One spirit to drink. This, so like I said, this doesn't matter if you came from a poor background, from a rich background, if you came from a different, different, uh, kind of culture than someone else's culture. Doesn't matter. It all, we all drink the same spirit. We all have the same spirit that lives within us. When the Holy Spirit lives within you, it's the same one. The same spirit that lives in me as a preacher lives within you and you and you and you, all of you. It's the same spirit. So don't think that I'm the only one that can just preach the gospel on a stage. You can preach the gospel in your school. You can preach the gospel wherever you're at. It takes the encouragement to do it because it's not just from a pulpit. It's also from out there. It's not just in here. And so I want to encourage you with this. It's for everyone. This is for everyone. Because if this wasn't for everyone, Christ wouldn't be known all over the world. If it wasn't for everyone, Christ wouldn't be exalted in places that aren't understanding. If we didn't share the gospel, the church, our calls, our serving with anyone, then that wouldn't matter. So you got to understand that Eighth graders. Where are all my eighth graders? Raise your hand. All my eighth graders that are moving up. I want to let you know right now, it might feel awkward this first night, maybe. Maybe you had fun. I don't know. I don't know your, I don't know your preference. But what I want you to know is, is that if you start coming, the point that you have to make, you have to make the effort to come and let God dwell within your heart when you come. Because sometimes, like example, I'm willing to hang out with all of y'all. I'm serious. Y'all come play pool with me. I'm pretty good. I'm really good. Actually, no, I'm trash. Matthew told me. I'm pretty garbage. So the goal, what I'm trying to say is, is that you are welcomed here. Doesn't mean that this person's better than the other, whatever that looks like. You belong here. Because why? Because if God loves you, then I love you. If God cares for you, then I have to care for you. Because if that wasn't the case, I wouldn't be a good pastor. If I didn't put that first for you, then I wouldn't be on this stage if I didn't care about each and every one of you. And so I want you all to understand that. Hear my heart. This is a message that God really spoke to me in a way that this is for everyone. This is not just for a certain group of people. If you feel lonely, let me know. We'll hang out. Like, let me know if you feel lonely. Because we all have a a form of feeling like we're left out. Just let me know. And I want you to feel welcome, even not just tonight, but on a next Wednesday, the next Sunday, the next Wednesday, so on and so forth. I want you to feel welcomed here. So I want everyone to bow their head and close their eyes as I close. You can turn off the lights. So, um, so this is it. This is the end of Students United, but I didn't want to leave without acknowledging certain people in here that I have two prayer calls, actually. And the first call I want to talk about is that, you know, as I was talking about, you know, the the church is for everyone, the gospel's for everyone, um, your calling is for everyone. I forgot to mention it. Actually, Matthew, can you put that, can you put that up? The call is for everyone. What's the call? We all have a specific calling that God calls us to. And I feel bad because I, I don't think I put in this uh, this point. But one of the scriptures says that Jesus told his disciples, go and make disciples of all nations. 
And in retrospect, Pastor Todd made this reference to nations as race. All races, all ethnicities, all culture make disciples. All of the world, we make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And he said he would be with us to the very ends of the age. That's what Jesus said himself. And now you ask yourself, Jacob, I I feel like I don't know this Jesus. But I want to make it known to you tonight that you can't accept him tonight. And how does that work? Like Romans 10, 9 through 10 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, you got to believe it. It's not just something that you say. It's something that you believe with all your heart. It won't be, it won't be, um, it won't be genuine. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't don't want anyone looking around. Because if you feel embarrassed about this, don't. Because it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks because it's between you and God. It's not between you and a person that you've been trying to get attention from or a person that you feel like, like you think that likes you. But that doesn't, that doesn't matter right now. That doesn't matter right now. What matters is, is that it's you and God in this moment. So if you say, Jacob, I don't know who Jesus is. I've heard about him. I kind of grew up in church a little bit, but I don't really have a relationship. I didn't really surrender my life to him. This is your moment. And no one's looking around. No one, this is not an embarrassing moment. This is a moment that you can make a decision. The, the biggest decision you can make in your life is accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I want to give you that opportunity tonight because like I said, even though you belong here, God wants you to know, hey, I'm making you belong in heaven. I want you to belong with me. I want to write your name in the book of life. That's what he wants for you. But you have to receive that tonight. Can you say, I receive it? Can you really say that with your heart? And I want to give you that opportunity on the count of three. If you want to receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and have a true relationship with him, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand if you want to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. I see, I see two hands. I see a hand. Yes, I see a hand. Thank you, Jesus. I see two more hands. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Keep it raised. I want to see everybody. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. You can, you can put your hands down. And I want you to pray this prayer after me. And everyone, even Christ followers in here, I want you to pray with us because we're family. You don't pray this. You don't walk this salvation road alone. You have family here. So I want, you, I want everyone to repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this moment. I recognize that I'm a sinner. And I recognize that my sin separates me from you. And I don't want that anymore. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe that you died for me and rose again. And I recognize that you are Lord. God, come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. God, forgive me for everything I've done wrong. And bring me into a new life. Lord, I acknowledge I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Keep everyone, all y'all heads, stay, stay down, stay down. I got one more group of people. If you made that decision, 
that's a big decision because now your eternity has changed now you're not separated from him anymore if you met it with all your heart you're not going to perish you're going to have eternal life now and if you accept that I'm going to be praying for you and if you have any questions about it let me know come up to me and I'll talk to you about it but I want to pray for the second group of people when I said this was for everyone the gospel is for everyone that's what we just talked about but I'm here to talk about someone who feels like, man, I don't feel like I can be in church. I don't feel like I can serve. I feel like I don't belong. I feel flawed. That's okay. It's completely human. But what I want you to know is, is that God wants to change that in you because he knows you can be the best you can be, the better you you can be. And so if that's you, if you feel like you're put to the side, you feel like you're dysfunctional, you want God to heal certain parts so that you can start doing things that God wants you to do. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. Remember, no one's looking around. Every head's bowed. Every eye's closed. This is you and God in this moment. No one else can, no one else can care. It's you. I'm going to give you to the count of three and raise your hand if you feel that way. And I want to pray for you. One, two, three. You feel put to the side. You feel flawed. I see that hand. I see that hand. Yes. Keep your heads bowed. I want to see your hand if you if you feel like you're put to the side, you feel like you don't belong, I want you to raise your hand. I see that hand. I see your hand. That's good. Put your hand back down. I want to pray for you guys because I know what it feels like to feel put to the side. I know what it feels like to not be heard. But let me tell you something. God hears you. God hears your cry. And he wants to meet you right here, right now, in this moment. Let me pray for you. Father, we come before you, Lord God. We come before you in a way that, Lord, we feel excluded. Father, we feel burdened to try and put a per certain persona, Father, to look a certain way to people. But, Lord, we want to be who we truly are. Lord, we want to feel home here, Lord. We want to feel a comfort that only you can bring. So, God, I pray for everyone that, ha that had raised their hand, feeling neglected. Lord, I pray that you accept them in the name of Jesus. I, I pray that you accept their struggles you accept their dysfunction lord you make them whole again lord because that's what you do you turn things into ways that are good you take what the enemy has meant for evil and you turn it into goodness and you make a purpose out of it so father i pray for everyone who raised their hand and father i pray that you heal their heart right now and let them know that they are accepted by you and you alone